So the big one is uh, Bill Yatta's album, Masada and Underbotten. That's like one of that's one of my favorite albums of all time. What album? Uh, it's I don't know Swedish that well, but it's like Masada and Underbotten. It's by Bill Yatta. The Thol band. Oh, 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 wow. Holy crap. The first time I've heard someone pronounce the name correctly, and I have no idea what the fuck you said. So, no, I get it now. I know right. what you're saying. I, I know a little Swedish, but I'm, like, really rusty. No, that was so, really good. I, I had no right. idea. I, I say Vil, Vil Jaharta or something like that. So, yeah, you fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the 156th episode of the Casa Inns Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is a show where interview bands and public figures from the Mathcore, Mathcore Jason community. Uh, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, do all the things social. Every little bit helps. And if you'd like to join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the live cast, you can interact with the uh, uh, the guests in real time or, or just hang out in the chat. Uh, you can also subscribe to this Twitch channel for 5 bucks, which gets you access to uh, the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some uh, exclusive emotes for the platform. Uh, you can also do that for free by attaching Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking 5 bucks from Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Uh, with that out of the way, let me introduce our guest today who dropped their new EP Memoirs of a Broken Mind uh back in July. Welcome in a winter's remorse. How's it going? Great. Hey. <clears throat> uh so uh, uh tell us who you are, what you do in the band. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear him. Uh, uh, tell I'm us Mason. who you are and what you do in the band. Okay. I'm Mason, I play guitar. I'm Dalton and I do vocals. I'm Trent, and I play bass. Mark, and I play drums. Alrighty. So, uh, you guys are have been a band for, like, what, two years now, or? Uh, a, year, a little, like over, a little year. over a year. Oh, just a little over a year. Nice. Yeah. How did yeah, y'all like, come together? Uh, honestly, uh, I went to psych ward, and, uh, it was more or less, like, a way to distract myself from that environment while I was going through psychiatric care. So I would like get out of uh, outpatient and I would go to their house and we would just write demos. And that's how the first demo came out was just us just hanging out basically. Damn dude. That's crazy. Uh, I guess you must've gotten some like uh, interesting like riffs, like just hanging out by yourself or whatever, th- you know, throughout the day. Uh, psych ward. <laughs> it sounds pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't want it to be like a cliche thing or anything like that, but like, that's really, I feel like a lot of people like say like bands start out of like some sort of like mental anguish or whatever, but like, that's really what happened. Like it started basically just as a joke, honestly, because we wanted to make music with like really stupid 808 drops. And uh, whenever we decided to take it more serious was uh, I guess like whenever paper wings, message us saying that they'd be interested in uh putting it out on as a physical release i was listening to the demo uh like a couple days ago there are a lot of the uh the 808 jobs and you got like the synth and stuff going on too it actually sounds pretty different from where you guys have ended up so far yeah we were pretty obsessed with like ones that played during that time so yeah but for a little more of a background us three have been hanging out for a couple years and we all played music but we didn't really do anything with it until one day we were just like, screw it, let's just write like an old Deathcore song. So we were listening to a lot of old Deathcore back then. And we actually wrote and reported Anatomy of Headshot in like four hours, like everything. And that was, after we did that, we're like, this sounded cool. So let's just make a band out of it. Nice. And so where does A Winter's Remorse come from? Uh, a Carnifex song. 
Oh, is people, I didn't know that. Okay. A lot of people already know this, but on the first Carnifex album, uh, there's a song called A Winter uh, in Remorse. And so whenever we were thinking of a name, I was like, well, let's just take one of the words out. So it's like, if you're going to copy someone's homework, at least change something. Right, right. You don't want to get it's caught kind of, by the teacher. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically it. But yeah, people who have noticed and asked, like, is it, is it a Carnifex reference? Yeah, it's a Carnifex reference. Okay, okay. I also like that it fits the old school naming convention of uh, a noun, like verb or, you know, verb, the noun, right. and stuff like that. So, that, um, so what's up with the Garfield tape? Okay. Uh, so people ask us that too. Um, we, we have a friend named Gabe and he used to be in this hardcore band called Belligerence. And he doesn't know like when jokes go too far. So he, for a while, would just spam send us Garfield memes. And uh, one time, I think we were just like, let's just make like a like a grindcore stylized thing, like a really weird, chaotic thing out of nowhere. So Trent had like a, a drum track playing around, and I just improvised the guitar parts over it. And we just sent stems to each other, and that's pretty much what it is. But it's basically like a joke. Like we never, we never really like. Yeah. We've never played it live. We've never. You know those uh, how bands have like a hidden thing at the end, and it's usually something stupid. Like the Psyopus albums are ones that come to mind. Like that's what that made me think of. That like you know it's a little joke at the end of like the album or whatever. It's you know you have to like fast forward a bunch in order to actually listen to it. Right. I, I think it was fucking great. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was like that, but just as a single. Yeah, and we didn't really like to put it on anything but Bandcamp, but we just had screw it, put it on Spotify. I think, yeah, I did all the vocals like on the spot in like thirty minutes. Just my friend came over and he had a pretty decent mic, and he just, uh, my friend Jose Vera, he just came over and just mixed everything. And just we're like, okay, we're done. Post it, fuck <laughs> it. That's fucking sick. <laughs> uh. So now you're uh, back with your new EP. I guess your first proper EP, uh, Memoirs of a Broken Mind. What would you say is different this time around? Much more mature. And I feel like it's just so much more effort put into it. And just this is like not just a demo anymore. It's something that we're actually trying to seriously do. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, really. Shout out Ivy. Yeah. Ivy. Her, her band, the Sibelian Triangle. Uh, Ivy's really great as a producer, I feel like, also. I feel like she's underrated uh, as a producer and mixing master. Um, yeah, she... All of the work she's done that I listened to prior has always been really pristine. I really didn't care if she liked Deathcore or whatever. I just cared that, like, her repertoire that she had um, was really solid. So that's why we selected her to do that. But yeah, Ivy, I think, like, was a big part in uh, the makeup of the sound as well with her production. Also, we actually finally have a drummer because uh, the demo and stuff like that was, we didn't have a drummer. We didn't even play with the drummer. Our first few shows, like, we didn't have a drummer, and then he came into the fold because of a mutual friend. But uh, that was all written and recorded with, like, his drum parts and all too. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, drummer is always the hardest one to find. So, uh, cool. Yeah. So, all right, we'll get one. Um, shout out to Don't Stress Flower Press in the chat. Uh, cool to see. Oh, Matt oh, Lyons. Lyons here. Oh, 
Klein's been like great to us since the beginning. Yeah, I love Klein. He said, shouts out Paperlands Records. Yeah. Love you, Klein. Um, I was gonna talk about the recording stuff later, but we could do it right now. Um, I had never heard of like Ivy. It's Ivy Jane Lance. That's correct. Or, okay, I I never like heard of her before, but um, the production on here it's interesting because it's like it's a lot like how bands did did it back in the day, like the same kind of like warmth, I guess you could say. Like nowadays, it's all like you know, in your face and like brutal or whatever. And uh, I don't know, it's. It sounds like the old bands, you know what I mean? I don't know if that was like a conscious effort or whatever, but to me, like, I was like, oh, this totally came from like, you know, 2008 or whatever. Right. It was definitely a, a intentionally like that. We were we were talking about Ivy on how we wanted like the uh, the cleansing era of Suicide Silence. And, yeah. Yeah. Like Suicide Silence, cleansing era. I think we said like the Red Shore. Right. Uh, like their first EP. Um, we're also like really into like melodic death metal, like the old In Flames and At the Gates albums. They all kind of have like a, a very similar like sonic makeup to this that we like. Right, right. No, I was totally picking up the whole like, melodic death metal. Um, so you did just mention a couple bands, but uh, what are the uh, big influences for uh, the project? Uh. I, I guess like we could just speak individually on it because it's kind of like really wide, but uh, I guess like the band we get compared to a lot is the Red Shore. Um, that's absolutely one of our probably the biggest influences, like the first Red Shore EP. I don't know if I've ever actually been able to listen to them. I've totally heard the name a whole bunch, but I, I don't think I've ever been able to find their stuff. I mean, it's it's like really great melodic like metalcore influence deathcore. It's really unique i feel like but yeah the red shore i guess for myself like the red shore and for the eyes of the dead are like the two that i draw from the most and like i guess the other guys could just tell you i feel like we sound uh we have like a little element of that that in there too it's a really big influence yeah and for me i think it's just a lot of the other like newer deathcore revival bands like PGT and Trachyotin and stuff. At least like vocally, that's kind of what I was trying to go for is kind of like sound like like, like they do because they sound like old like Mitchell Lucker kind of shit. Especially Trevor from the PGT. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to talk but he's just like, you don't want to talk. I'll listen. <laughs> Nothing like that, brother. So I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not so I'm just saying. So Mark, Mark's not really a metal guy. Like we kind of tried him into this. Well, he like wasn't as familiar with as we are, but he's more, <laughs> he's definitely like a coming from a more jazz background. Okay. I guess I would say like the biggest non-apparent influence is probably Converge. Okay, okay. So, uh, Mark, if you're not really, like, into metal and stuff, what, like, how did you hook up with these? Uh, I just <laughs> met him through a mutual friend because uh, we were supposed to uh, perform a few uh, shows, but then, you know, what I'm saying, one thing led to another, didn't happen. But I met these guys and, you know, just, there's this history, you know what I mean? All right. So, I was like, 
Yeah. So he's like, I want to leave for home. <laughs> yeah. So he just like, he added that last yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. he just messaged me one day. And so um, he just started hanging out with us. And that's kind of that. Yeah. Very lucky. Yeah. Have someone as confident as a fucking drummer as Mark. Not even just as the musical side, but like he just does so much. He's not just like, he's our drummer. Like, I guess he's, he's like a full band member or something. I feel like, isn't always the case with drummers sometimes, especially if they have other projects. Like, hey, I got four other bands I'm trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Mark just has us. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's the uh, writing process like? Is like one person mainly driving it all, or is it more of like a, a band effort? Um, I, I guess like for this last thing, well, the most recent memoirs was written. Uh, primarily by me, and I would send them the ideas, and they would add on to it. Um, I would say like we're trying to change that because we kind of wrote it. That album was written honestly prior to joining. We kind of just had it laying around, and we added to it and changed things we didn't like and stuff. But I would say for whatever we come out with next, we're going to write it all in person, and uh, it's going to be more of a group effort. I feel like you know, despite you know how happy I am with memoirs, like, you know, how everybody has been, you know, very, like, welcoming to it. I really do feel like whenever we get, like, the inclusion of his writing, and you know, it's the next thing we put out is going to be a lot better and a lot different. Uh, it, it's really more or less, like, memoirs and everything prior to that was really just me on my computer after work or before work or on weekends just writing down riffs that I had thought of in my, my bedroom and then just emailing it out to people. So, um, so, uh, yeah, what, uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm, are, are y'all working on new stuff now or is it, are y'all just trying to like, uh, you know, play the stuff you already got written? Uh, kind of. Yeah. We, we have, I actually, we have like 14 solid ideas. Damn. Now. Okay. Uh, I think the next thing we're going to put out isn't going to be an EP. It's going to be a full length. Right. Um, I don't want to like do anything with it right now until we get into a room and actually like focus on like editing it, adding things, adding things he's thought of. I mean, it's really just like my end of the deal at the point now. It's not these guys. Uh, they haven't brought their ideas gotcha. in the fold at the moment yet, but I have about 14 things jotted down so far. That's dope. Um, so it seems like the lyrics are about like depression, other mental issues. Is, is that about correct? Or I, I'm assuming, uh, yeah. Dalton does the lyrics. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, that's kind of the main focus of it. I have a, a degree in psychology and I work in mental health, so it kind of seeps in a lot okay. with writing, but it's written in a technically a concept, but yeah, I'm focused mainly on mental illness, but kind of where it comes from. So look at the origin. So like the effects that like society and humanity has on the individual if you kind of read the lyrics for each song it's kind of almost like a cause and effect thing like the shit going on in Hall of Men is what like causes the shit going on in delusions if that kind of makes sense they kind of like chain off each other okay but it's also i didn't mean to do that either i i would literally write the lyrics at my old job when i was working like a retail job like on the register i would just be like writing lyrics and shit so i didn't mean to make it into like a whole story just kind of happened. Alrighty. Uh, what would you say this story is exactly? 
I don't even know how to describe it, I guess. I guess, like I said, the concepts of like cause and effect, it's the cool mannequin kind of like sets up the story, which is funny because Mason wrote like three out of the five song names. So I actually kind of like for cool mannequin, he had the name cool mannequin. I took that and I just wrote my interpretation of it, I guess. So that's kind of like the starting point. And then each song kind of has like a different chapter. Mm. So that's why the name's kind of like memoirs because it's almost written. It's supposed to be like chapters in a book sort of. Okay. That's cool. Like Are the, you going to, Oh, sorry. What's up? I would say like in the titles, like it, I, I can help the titles. Cause I usually write like titles based on like lyrics of bands. I like, like a cold mannequin is a carcass lyric. Right. Uh, hollow memoir burn is a shy allude lyric. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, with no hope to call my own yeah. is uh, with dead hands rising lyric. It's just because like it's it's easier for me just to write down something that I'm thinking of at the moment for a title rather than like sit around on it because I just you know I it's it's a title you know right. But we ended up keeping the titles. Yeah, they were like so good. I was like fuck it, I'll keep those. And then uh, until they're gone and illusions um, of persecution, those are my ones that I kind of chose, but. It was kind of tricky writing it because, like I said, I, I didn't really go into, like, I didn't mean to go into anything. I, like, just got out of college. Or, no, I was still in college. So I just was reading a bunch of shit about psychology and shit. And I don't know. I just kind of went with it. Okay. Uh, are you trying to write, like, uh, stories and stuff in the future? Like, are they going to be concept albums after this? I feel like I kind of don't know how to write things that aren't concepts at this point. Like, I don't even mean to do it because technically Cycles is also – a concept it's very loose like i'm not gonna say it's a story you can really understand i guess it's kind of more for like a me thing like i can see the connection because i wrote it but gotcha. like technically a concept memoirs is too so probably the next thing is going to be some kind of concept because i like i like having things that are all comprehensive like all connecting together okay it's like, like a circle takes a square lyrics like it's it's supposedly a whole story but nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about right yeah <laughs> okay okay i can get i can get by <laughs> um cajun marine says that they are gay for mason and uh, says the one oh, you know that is. weird is okay. cute as fuck that's gay that's gay that's gay that's the garfield tape guy yeah okay okay yeah so, yeah he, he, this is what i'm talking about like he will do anything possible <laughs> to like to weasel, weasel his way into something we're doing and uh <laughs> If we let him do it. We find it really funny. Yeah. We love Gabe. Yeah, we love Gabe. Uh, we also have Brandon from uh, Serling in the chat saying, we back, baby. We definitely are. Um, so, let's see. We have uh, two uh, two guests on here. You got uh, Trevor. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. From uh, the Queen Guillotine on Delusions of Persecution. And, I believe uh, it's Sobieroski. Sobieroski? think so yeah okay I, mean, trevor, I i can go with that yeah. i can go with that trevor if you're watching like i don't even know how to say yeah, it, we know uh, that's their name, <laughs> um and then you also have nathan daly which i'm not sure what he's from but he's on uh until you're gone so uh how did you hook up with these guys uh so daly is, is our friend he's from uh the dallas fort worth area and he's in tooth and nail he's a vocals for tooth and nail okay i had heard of them i don't think i've checked them out yet though you should Ridiculous. shout out to the mail. Shout out to the Ridiculous, man. Especially their fucking um, new EP they put out not too long ago. But um, we played shows shows with him and stuff, and he was kind of like the first guy that we thought of. Like we got to have our point on that because he does read 
ridiculous lows. Like he, he, he does like much more like brutal shit than I do. So we, we had to have him on, on um, that song. And then Trevor, I think, didn't you message? I think it was your idea to get Trevor on it. Trevor is somebody who I've had, I guess, contact with since uh, Nothing Will Get Us to Heaven came out, uh, which is the Queen B team's, uh, I guess, like most well-known release. Um, I always wanted him on it because, like, us and, like, you know, the death board revival scene, we're all actually, like, really close to each other. Like, us and Tracheotomy, Tactosa, Queen Guillotine, and especially Mange, which oh, is a band yeah. from New Jersey, we're all, like, really, like, tight-knit. Like, we have our each other's backs. We root for each other's success. You know, like, you know, we help each other out in shows if we're, you know, come to the area. And uh, Trevor is more or less just one of those people that's in that fold uh, of, like, the the inner workings, I guess, of the MySpace Deathcore revival community. And uh, I really just wanted him on it because, like, you know, it's a Paper Wings band. So is Tooth and Nail. I wanted to keep, like, the features in-house uh, with the label and a uh, Trevor was, you know, gracious enough to just like send us stems and say, "Here you guys go, you know, do what you want." Hell yeah. Um, so uh, you mentioned that you're on uh, Paper Wings Records. How did you hook up with them? Um, if I remember correctly, I literally just emailed like their. They have like a inquiry email. And I emailed them saying if they'd be interested in putting out like a few tapes. And uh, Damien, who's the head of the label, emailed me back like probably like 30 minutes later. He's like, yeah, I was actually going to contact you guys first. Uh, I'm really interested in having you guys on the label. You know, I want to make, you know, your demo, which is Cycles. Uh, I really want to make physicals for that because I really like what you guys have going on. So it was literally just as simple as, like a one or two message transaction, and then he basically signed us to the label. Oh, nice! Yeah, he's been picking up a couple bands from like the DFW area. I saw like Amnesia Gardens on there, and uh, I think Tooth and Nail was on there, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Deep Incision, Karama. Karama. Uh, what else? I think it was that else in Dallas. So yeah. Dallas. No, I think that's it for Dallas. Yeah. I will yeah. say that uh, he told us he has like a pretty big Is one. Solidad on there too. Solidad on there. Yeah. yeah. He has another one that he's putting out that's, uh, he told us that we're not allowed to say anything, but it's probably the biggest one uh, he has out yet. It's it's going to be huge. Okay. And they're also from Texas, I'd imagine? Nah, no, they're, love Texas. They're, from, they're from New York. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, so it's Texas and New York bands. It's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, I, I was wondering if they're like uh, based out of like uh, the DFW area. or. or... Uh, he's from New York, but... Um... We're actually trying to get him to come down and stay at my place in Texas um, sometime soon. Just, I don't think he's been to Texas before, but it's funny because, yeah, it's all New York bands, then it's all Texas bands yeah. for the most part. There's still variety, but those are like the two clusters. Because we, one of our shows, one of our, wasn't the first show with Mark? That was all, that was all Paper Wings. Yeah. At the shop. That was our first show with Mark on drums was all, the whole lineup was Paper Wings. It was, it was like an unofficial like, Paper Wings show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sick. Um, so, uh, moving on to the art, uh, we got that up on screen now. Um, for some reason at first, I, I, sorry, it really reminded me of, uh, what the fuck was that name? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but the first, a uh, second story window album, I don't know, uh, for some reason, whenever I saw oh, this, I was like, oh, that's yeah. that album cover. 
Yeah, um, I actually do all the graphic design stuff for us. Uh, I did the art for that, um, and it, that album in particular, and uh, a band from Chicago from the early 2000s called In The State is a big influence on us, and um, they have an art, they have artwork that's very, you know, the burnt paper notebook type thing that early 2000s metalcore bands did. We really wanted to, like, have that. I would say, like, uh, that the new Dying Wish album art was oh, yeah. really what I was trying to go for. Also, that was probably like uh, that's a really that was an album that when it came out we were just like enamored with. Yeah. We loved it. I would uh, say a lot of lyrical influences from yeah. Dying Wish. Um, but yeah, the the artwork itself I did on uh, my iPad. Uh, same thing with uh, one of the shirt designs we've done. Um, the logo design was. Um, Corey Swope. But, oh, it uh, was. Okay. Yeah, well, our original, like, the brutal death metal logo design we have on some, that's Corey. Yeah. That's um, the script thing is something I did because I took the end that's in this day, Sleeping in the Ashes of Creation uh, album art font, and I just traced it out and tried to make our font look as close to that as I could. I think it looks fucking awesome, and it does look like it, it belongs in the MySpace era. So you know, if that's that, I mean, it seems like what you're going for. So uh, you, you fucking nailed it. So, uh, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, what are your uh, upcoming plans? You got like a tour coming up or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I won't say with who, uh, but we're going. We're trying to go to Florida um, in November. Um, we're trying to go to Tampa. Uh, Miami area and come back. Uh, hopefully, we can get some of the Tactosa and uh, Tracheotomy boys on that. Um, but we're trying to shoot for early November from what we're doing that. We're doing that. Uh, we have a, the release show that we're doing next week at um, Graffiti Pasta on the 12th. That's the only show I think we have right now that's solidly booked until we try to tour. Um, we're trying to really just save up. PTO, so whenever we all tour, like we actually have our bills covered and stuff. Right. Um, I will say, like, if you're going to be touring, you should start like booking now, man. Like, you know, no, we have like, into. About half, half of it's already booked. Oh, okay, sick. Nice. Hopefully, it doesn't fall through. But like so far, we got about three of the three or four of I think like the seven or eight shows done right now. What's up, man. Um. So yeah, you guys have played some shows. Uh, what's the best show you guys have played so far? Any DFW show. Yeah. I would say yeah, the first one I got the shot. The shot was, yeah. That was, crazy. that was like a culture shock. Every, every time we play Dallas, it's like a war zone. I've never seen a scene show up so much for bands. Uh, I literally could just shout out endless people in, yeah. in that scene. I mean, it goes from just people in bands, the people who support us, uh, people who buy our merch. It's like, you know, a, a lot of the like sales that we had for our, our demo was Dallas. Uh, we Every time we go to Dallas to play a show, it's always like a complete war zone. Um, and it's just, I guess like any Dallas show, I guess my personal uh, choice would be, any Dallas show would be the best show we've ever played because it's always insane every time we play there. Mm. Well, uh, say you had to pick one. Which one would you pick? Uh, definitely, I guess, the shop show. Uh, yeah. shop show. The shop show. We did that in November of last year, I believe. Because yeah. they had these are garden 
It was a showcase show we were discussing. Okay, I don't think I'm familiar with the shop. Uh, you mean like Reno's it, shop well, shop or? So it's a. Uh, it, it unfortunately got closed down because some lame ass uh, tried to pet a dog that was a guard dog and got bit. Even though there's like a million do not pet dog signs everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he ruined the fun for everybody basically. And they had to put out the shows there, but it was basically it's a farm. It's like the warehouse on a farm that they would have shows in. They would just take a bunch of the stuff out and uh, just have shows in like one of the back areas of it. And, okay, uh, so it's like a house venue kind of thing. It is, yeah, it's yeah. like a house venue, but it's like it could hold, I mean, you could hold probably three or four hundred people in there. That's sick. Huh. Yeah. Uh, what about the rest of y'all? Uh, best show stories? Uh, that one or the, the sick one we did in Dallas uh, at Killer Tacos, which that place was. I've never seen a venue so packed before. It's yeah. it's like a little house that's also a taco shop that's also a venue, and it, it was just crazy how like every band would play. There'd be like at least fifty people come in, watch the band play, go fucking crazy, and then everyone would go outside, go smoke or whatever in the patio and shit. And then next band come in. It was cool because like I remember going to a lot of shows in Houston, and you would see like a few people for the first couple bands. Everyone will come for the big band and everyone will leave like the headliner band they went that big. But in Dallas, the consistency is just there every time. Every band, everyone was showing up for it. No oh. one felt like left out or anything like that. Like opening a show in Dallas is just as good as headlining in any other uh, city. Yeah. I will say that like again, I literally, we literally cannot shout out that DFW more. Like we are totally in love with like the people in the scene the bands that play there, it's just like, I, I actually think it's an extremely underrated scene. Yeah. Of like how tight it is, how good the bands are. You know, there's a, you know, there's a house show tonight at a, one of a Lilith from um, Deep Decisions doing a show at her house tonight. And I'm sure you're going to see videos of it. And it's going to look like, uh, like the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan, uh, the Normandy scene. It's going to look ridiculous in there. <laughs> Uh, well, what about the worst show experience y'all have had? That one that we kind of agreed on, and it's not worse as in people were being dicks or anything. It's just, it was our last show in, uh, that we did without Mark. So we used to use a, a drum machine where we would just have like the MacBook have like Reaper open. I just had the tracks playing and shit. And when we were playing, it just wasn't really set up for that DIY setup. If that makes sense. We sound like shit. It was just on like speakers that our friend Eric, he did the show and he's a fucking great promoter. It's just, it it wasn't set up for how janky we were, if that makes sense. So like it sounded blown out or whatever? Yeah, blown out. It just, it just, it wasn't set up for having MIDI drums, basically. Like he he was already in the band, but he hadn't learned the material yet fully. So, like, we were just like, okay, well, this is the last show we're doing with Dashi, so we're just going to go and fucking wing it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Other than that, we've had pretty good show experience. I can't think of any, like, bad shows we've had, surprisingly. That's, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, so, I see you have CDs and tapes on the way through Paper Wings Records. Um, and you have some shirt designs. Oh, well, you have one shirt up now. The uh, Corey Swope one, which looks badass um any other like merch anywhere else people can find stuff yeah, so i actually have it right here we have, we have it we oh, uh yeah. 
for our for the August 12th show, we're going to have this shirt um, available, and we're gonna have CDs of memoirs. We're not gonna have tapes yet because they're not done yet. But that's the design. It's probably gonna look horrible on this iPad and backwards. Oh, that's but cool fuck. yeah, that that's our design that we're gonna have for that show, and um, we'll have CDs, but um, the cassettes aren't gonna be here in time. Now they're gonna be on paper wings pretty soon. I know Damien, we were talking about setting up a day to release the cassettes and the CDs online. And then in the future, for our future shows, we're going to have cassettes and everything. Okay. So CDs, cassettes, and shirts. What about the uh, Corey Swope design? You going to have that up by the 12th? Uh, that's a, that's a, the thing is, like, that's a, uh, that's a pre-order design right now. We are probably going to print extra to use at future shows. Um, but the pre-order actually ends on August 12th for us to... Uh, which people need to understand, like, you get, if you're watching and you want the shirt, August 12th is the cutoff date. Um, but the money, we're going to, you know, put our own money into that. We're going to print extra so we can have more after that. Um, but for now, we're just doing pre-orders to try to, like, I guess, front the money because I'm sure, you know, as uh, somebody who has very graphically uh, inclined shirts, it's not cheap. Right. Um, so we're trying to do that to, like, help offset the cost of the printing for that. Oh, hell yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I I did that before too. Yeah, and then like you know the sh- the other shirt we have like we did because like um, the two thousand three you know metalcore we call it the two thousand three metalcore shirt because it's like the sideways script font and like it has like the splotchy background on it and we we did that because it, for again for uh, DFW because a lot of the people there are very into like the bands of that era and a lot of the bands that play there are you know bands similar to the sound of that era too so i did that for design as a tribute to dfw in the metalcore hardcore scene there oh hell yeah um so i guess we could wrap this up with the uh with your album of the year so far um anyone wants to go first uh god so that'd be 2022 or the end of 2021 because a lot uh, of my we could go with we could go with some 2021 picks if you want to do that yeah. Honestly, like I don't even know if it counts, but like, man, like uh, I definitely have to shout out from Joy because yeah. I, I look at their works kind of like uh, in one thing. Mm. Um, they, I know that I know we're friends with those guys, and we know conceptually and what they do. It's it's approached as like a single cohesive thing. I really enjoy. Uh, the most recent thing they've done. Um, I want to say as well, uh, let's see, 2022. I don't know. I guess like my thing would be like an end of 2021 release, but Dying Wishes uh, Fragments of a Better, Better Memory. Okay. That's still a band I got to check out. I, I hear a lot of good things about You will love it. It's, it's very bleeding through. Uh, Early 2000s Battleport. Okay. Um, try to think. Would you believe your small? So, I have like one that's kind of more of like a local band and one that's kind of a bigger band. So, the big one is uh, Billy Yatta's album, Masada and Other Button. That's what? like one of, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. What album? Uh, it's, I don't know Swedish that well, but it's like Masada and Under Button. It's by Billy Yatta. 
the Thalban. Oh, 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 wow. Holy crap. The first time I've heard someone pronounce the name correctly, and I have no idea what the fuck you said. So, no, I get it now. I know right. what you're saying. I, I know a little Swedish, but I'm, like, really rusty. No, that was so, really good. I, I had no <laughs> idea. I, I say Viljaharta Vil or something like that, so yeah, you fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> I didn't know pronounce it I watched that video, but they say it's called Viljata, but okay. it seems like it's Viljata, but that's, like, the big band, like, album of the year for me, but for more local, um, I'm drawing a blank on the fucking name of the album, but Tracheotomy's new EP. Okay. That EP yeah. is my, actually, I changed my answer. The new Tracheotomy EP, that's my answer. Yeah. That is one of the most brutal fucking things I've heard in years. I'm literally trying to remember the fucking name of it. I guess I need to look into it. <laughs> Hold on. Simulation? Yeah, the, the simulation. Simulation. One of the hardest album artwork, uh, one of the hardest albums that have come out in a long time. It's just, it's just so crushing sounding. Yeah. Uh, 2022, that's a, that's kind of a rough, uh, or kind of a difficult question because, you know, I can't really think of um, a lot of stuff. Um, but I would say um, the new From Joy EP, uh, I've been listening to that a lot. Um, I really love the fact that they went more of a, like a, you know, they just made electronic music. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I guess like, uh, I have a, a 2021 release that um, uh, really stuck with me throughout that entire year, and that was um, in spite of uh, for your health. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude! Those guys are those guys rip. That's a that's an EP that uh, really stuck with me. Cheers, man! All right, Mark. Chili peppers. Pretty recently, to be honest, I just listened to From Joy's new EP last year's too and it's deep decisions last year too. Okay. Shout out Deep Decisions. Shout out Sketch. Shout out Ali. Shout out Lilith. Hey. Yeah. Uh, is there uh, anything else you guys want to say before we get on out of here? Yeah, you, everybody who's watching, you need to pay attention to the MySpace Network Revival. Because nobody wants to like document it, and I feel like Chris is one of the only people who's tried. But like, people need to start documenting it, and people need to start paying more attention to it. I feel like because it's like I feel like all of us in the scene, like it's a true revival of the original spirit of deathcore. It brings it back to the DIY hardcore roots of deathcore, and I feel like all the bands in the scene are really great. I feel like all of us have each other's backs. And I feel like everybody who, you know, does already currently support it um, are just, like, the best people you could ask for to support your band. I really do. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter, like, who you are. Like, as long as you're playing full riffs, uh, that's all that matters. And that's, you know, that's something that, like, I think is lost because a lot of people get caught up in, like, what the cool thing is on, like, social media with, like, every band sounding the same, every band wanting to sound, like, sanctioned. Every band wanting to sound like, you know, whatever the coolest hardcore band is. And it's just like none of us in the scene, uh, in the deathcore revival scene, care about that. We just want to play music that we like. And that, you know, I just think that like we all need to have like more, more of a spotlight shine on all the bands, not just like us, but like every band involved. I really feel like we all have put massive amounts of effort into, uh, 
the revitalization of that genre. Because I, I personally feel like it's needed because I feel like a lot of new death work is extremely generic and like, you know, it's almost like a meme at this point. Well, uh, how would you uh, recommend people follow the scene? Like, is there a uh, Facebook group, maybe, or is there like a certain like account? Oh, there's, should be a few ways. Out for? There's, yeah. there's a few ways. Uh, MySpace revival group. Is that still uh, a like, thing? I thought that was dead. That's no, it's still there. It's still yeah. a thing. Okay. That's actually how we got partially how gaming everyone's found us is because of that. Oh, okay. Uh, but MySpace revival group, MySpace deathcore group. Yeah. Follow Paperwings Records uh, because like, Damien's really championing a lot of the uh, Deathcore revival releases. Uh, Florida Deathcore shout out because they're really doing a lot of stuff there with Tactosa and Bloodbather and Tracheotomy being like I guess like the heads of that whole thing. Um, go to DIY hardcore shows. I guarantee you, you're gonna go and find somebody who's trying to do something similar to that. Uh, I really encourage people to just that the scene that we're in stems from hardcore and it's because people in that scene uh, really, I feel like just want the best for each other. And I really feel like if they just simply follow your local hardcore band, your local, you know, death metal band, your local metalcore band, you know, stuff like that, like bands who are actually trying to do something and not just do the same old thing by just putting their stuff out on like slammable life and just hoping that, you know, they're going to get a million views on it. But like, just keep your, like, you know, it's like how Dr. Acula, like one of our uh, favorite bands, Dr. Acula, actually liked our uh, release. And they told us they found us because they keep the pulse on the underground. And I feel like everybody needs to keep that pulse on them as well if they really want to follow it and support it. Hell yeah. Dr. Acula is dope as fuck. All. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, I guess, like, other than that, just we just want to shout out our friends and whatever other questions you got. Uh, Xenob12 in chat says we love y'all and that's from Pillar of Wasps oh, I love that too love that's Zach yeah we love Pillar of Wasps uh, uh, I feel like okay we'll just start it shout out Pillar of Wasps for being like the craziest grindcore man ever yeah. like very similar to you actually I feel like they fit in with you a lot um, okay well I like I'm waiting for them to drop something and then I get them on the yeah, cast yeah well, we all Okay, so if anybody doesn't know what they sound like, uh, Ion Dissonance meets Tony Danza. Um, okay. So very chaotic, grindcore influence, mathcore. Um, shout out Polar Wasp, shout out From Joy, shout out Crooked Life from Louisiana. Uh, we need to mention uh, Jesse and um, Chris because they're doing something really cool DIY in a very small town in Louisiana. And their band is a complete ass-beater band. Their band is called Crooked Life. Mm. Um, just insanely brutal uh, breakdowns, riffs, vocals. Uh, shout out Tucker. Shout out his ass crack. Um, yeah. Everybody in Karama. Everybody in Ghost House. Uh, you guys want to do like, any more personal shout outs? Just any true rockers? Like all the boys in Mange. Mange. Um, yeah, very generalized, but <laughs> yeah. really kind of covers all, all, the, all the people that write real, real rock riffs. Yeah, shout out mom and dad, I guess. Shout out Jelly, um, Barbacoa, Barbacoa, uh, Taco Spot, Taco okay. Spot, all guys, all guys. <laughs> oh, you guys are fucking awesome. Uh, 
And so if you're looking for that sweet MySpace era deathcore, you need to check out Memoirs of a Broken Mind, the new EP from A Winter's Remorse, which dropped back in July through Paperwing Records. Uh, you guys are on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. Uh, am I missing any kind of social stuff? Any place you want to direct people? No, I think you got it. Alrighty. Um, as for me, drop my channel, follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you enjoyed the video, please tickle the notification bell, uh, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Is Creation, at thesoundthatiscreation.bandcamp.com. Uh, my next guest is UK-based uh, chaotic hardcore band, I guess you could say, uh, Creature, who dropped their new EP, Haunt, back in June. Join us this Sunday, uh, the 7th, at 12 p.m. Central for the live cast. Uh, thanks for being here, y'all. Hope you had a good time. Thank you, so much. Thank, you, man. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening. Oh my